Welcome to the Russell Ball Podcast. We are your host, as always. My name is Joseph Ty. Joining me is my good friend, Mark Belrush. And we brought back to the studio our good friend, Kern Badwell. Kern. Hey, thanks for having me here, guys. The Always do- a pleasure. The doctor is in the house. <laughs> so, guys, um, NBA is sadly over. Sadly. Um, quite possibly one of the best playoffs I've had the pleasure of witnessing. Uh, Lakers have won it all. Is this a surprise to anyone at this table? I would say not really, actually, right? The Lakers were always predicted to uh, at least go to the finals, if not win it all. Um, but the path that they took to get there, I think, was a surprise. Hold up. I think the Clippers were like a, a, <laughs> a discussion in this conversation. I think everyone touted the Clippers as going to the finals, not necessarily the Lakers. I agree with you, Mark. I think when you think about it's crazy how history can change after it's happened yeah. right i think before the playoffs started we all had the clippers, clippers and i agree with you 100 percent, current that uh yeah the lakers should have been uh they're basically favored to win like when you look at this and obviously the clippers fall clippers are such an afterthought now um, especially since they're like embarrassing defeat so yeah definitely the lakers look like this was their championship to lose and they won it yeah and they did it in pretty good fashion yeah. The only thing is, I just think the, the whole pathway they took there, right? Like, they didn't come across the Clippers. They faced Miami Heat in the finals, right, mm-hmm. of all the teams in the Eastern Conference, right? So I don't think anyone expected this kind of path to get there. But nonetheless, the Lakers are champions now, so... Mm-hmm. I agree with you there that the finals were uh, definitely not what we're expecting. But let's not forget, they had a pretty tough path, and, and they faced Portland, the hottest team in the in the you know to start that bubble. Phoenix would like a dis- uh, would like a discussion right, in, that. in the playoffs, <laughs> right? Um, then in the second round, they obviously faced uh, Houston Rockets. Houston, which, which is a huge team to beat. You're hearing all the news right now with uh, Houston, um, with what Russell Westbrook probably being traded, and New York lightly being. Heard, uh, yeah. But honestly, New York's full of shit as normal as always. So they're always gunning for something. But the, I think there was a the president of New York of the Knicks said said it best, and he what he said was right. He's like Westbrook doesn't win on a team with another superstar. He's only good if he leads the team himself. And I said I, I think that's right. I, I get, Westbrook and Harden could work. It could not work. But honestly, you didn't even do it in the bubble. You definitely went to seven games. Sorry, you went to seven games with Oklahoma. You probably should have won that in six or five. The problem I have with that uh, notion, though, is that Harden's not the guy that's going to lead a team either. <laughs> like, let's be honest. If Westbrook was playing with LeBron James, they probably would have won. <laughs> but but that said, do you keep Harden or Westbrook? You know, that's basically the question, it right? It doesn't matter at this point. I think they lost their most important piece, which was Daryl Morey. Without that guy holding the helms to this team, I think that team is basically done. I think analytics will tell who gets to stay and who gets to leave. Which I would say is not in the favor of Westbrook, as he's more ball dominant. But I don't know. I don't think Houston will trade away. If James I'm Houston, I keep both those guys and I just try, go run it maybe back. try and get a third guy. and, tr- and tr- Like I said, both those guys aren't going to lead a team to a championship, but they're too good not to tr- keep. Yeah, I mean, New York can really only give... I think they want to probably get rid of Julius Randle's contract, uh, who wasn't playing bad anyway. Uh, you can probably trade for a guy like Mitchell Robinson as well. If you can get both those guys, maybe a first-round draft pick, I would easily take that because a first-round draft pick would probably be like super early. I don't know if they would want those guys. Don't forget, this is the team that gave up Clint Capella. Yeah. Well, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know, because their polls really showed against the Lakers. I mean, they got swept, for, not swept, but 4-1. Um, Lakers are just a much more physically demanding oh, and bigger sure. team. I, I so. figured, though, if you want a big guy, you ought to kept Capella. To trade for, like, uh, who are you saying, Mitchell or Robinson from New York would just be a crazy step back. And Julius Randle. And Julius Randle would be a crazy step back from, from when you had mm-hmm. Capella. Um, that was a good team, uh, you know, when they had Harden, Capella, and um, Chris Paul. Ooh, that was a team to, to to win a championship, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the other rumor is also Chris Paul, right? Chris Paul could end up in any one of these teams as well because he's looking to be moved, even though his contract is not up. So he's another big contract that could move. Yeah, well, at the, after the bubble, I think it was Chris Paul who uh, had that message where he basically just, you know, thanked Said goodbye. Yeah. It was like a goodbye, and it's yeah. like the writing's on the wall there. He's He's gone. For sure. Yeah, but of course they have to move that contract, which is not always as much as saying goodbye. Like if they can't move it, OKC won't trade them for nothing. And I don't know if teams are willing to give up their future for a 37-year-old, I believe. He's 35 or 36. Yeah, so who's he's definitely good, but he's played a lot less games and he's been playing a lot less games. Yeah, well, Defin- I mean, this season he played a lot, though. He did play a lot. This was in like this was an exception season for yeah. him. Um, well, they just went all out, right? Billy Donovan went all out. They didn't matter. It didn't care to them. Like just play, as opposed to like a lot of times in Houston where they would rest Chris Paul knowingly, knowing because they're Houston's a high paced team, right? So older guys, you know, they're not gonna maybe be able to keep up as well as maybe someone like LeBron James at his age would. So now going back to Houston, what do they gotta do, or what will they do, in your opinion? Again, Maury's gone. They lost their coach in D'Antoni. Yeah. Who I heard Jeff Van Gundy is a fucking head runner for the fiftieth time in the last like ten years. He's got some very special agents to. Uh, it's always it's always, always JBG. Always his name in, in the top in the mix. Of the free agency yeah. for coaches, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like if I'm Houston, it seems. Don't forget with Houston too, their owner seems to be notoriously pretty cheap. Um, which is that Fertitta dude? Um, I heard his industries aren't are struggling right now too because he's like in the restaurant uh, you know business as well as the casino stuff but um you know you lost the guy in mori who i think again is their Masai. he's the guy who who keeps the team together i don't know really what these guys are going to do because whatever they do at this point i feel is going to be a step back unless they somehow manage to get a third star well i i, I expect with mori i think what happened was uh Probably the China incident at the beginning of the season and then uh, basically probably being told that this is your only season to get it done. If not, you're you're gone. And that's why you see Mag- Mike D'Antoni just, I'm done. I'm done here. Um, so I think it was, it was, it was just coincidental that it was, is going to blow it up. It's just cause circumstantial, I guess. It's a better word. Yeah, I think when you get shaken like top down from like general manager, your coach, um, it's going to probably take about a year or two. I can't imagine them all of a sudden making some trades that would get them back into contention, if not getting further than it was last uh, this year. So um, I don't know at this point what Houston's going to do, but I guess we're, time will tell what the moves that they make in terms of their front office. So they're kind of at that awkward stage where, again, they have two really good players, so you can't exactly tank the season away uh, but at the same time I don't think they have the pieces to be better than what they were like they fielded really good teams in the last two three four years I think all of those teams and there goes my cat uh, just making some noise in the background there but I think all those previous teams of uh, you know incarnations of Houston's going to be better than whatever they feel next year so if that's the case for me it's kind of like well maybe you do need to kind of just blow it up maybe you trade all your guys and get some assets 
I don't know. Um, it's a tough one because no team really wants to tank. Uh, but I don't think they're going to get better than they were in the last four or five years, especially with the emergence of the Lakers now. You still got the Clippers. You got Denver Nuggets. You got, you know, got Golden State Warriors coming back. The Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> Miami Heat. I was just talking about teams in the West, too. But you're right. Absolutely. Good teams in the East, too. The Brooklyn Nets. Talking about Kyrie Irving being a coach. Talking about KD being a coach. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. Like, does Houston <laughs> even make in the top four seeding for next year? No. I yeah. don't. I would say it's kind of hard. I mean, what you guys were talking about, like Clint Capella, um, Chris Paul, and then uh, James Harden, that was that was a pretty good combination, right? The only the only issue back then wasn't like the scale of the team. It was the fact that they had to go through Golden State in every one of those playoffs, right? And Golden State was a beast in those years too, yeah. right? They took Golden State all the way to, I think, like six or seven games in each of those. So it gave them a pretty good challenge. I think it's just bad luck that this team, Houston Rockets, now took a step back this year. And at the same time, uh, they had to go through the Lakers as well. So I think they can still surround themselves with the right pieces in order to get to where they were, at least in the year where they were with Clint Capella as well as Chris Paul. But then again, it's kind of difficult too, right? You guys are right. The Western Conference is becoming stronger too. So um, it's difficult to say what they need to do at this point on. That's enough about Houston, though. So it looks like no one's really having high expectations for them next year. Going back to the finals, let's talk about some positives about this finals, especially for Miami. Uh, they Jimmy won Butler, a man. second game, which I don't think anybody pegged them to win. Jimmy Butler's a beast. No Holy Bam, shit. no Dragic for that game that they won. And, you know, Jimmy does what Jimmy does, you know? Mm-hmm. What an amazing game. What amazing showing. I think he had a 40-point triple-double that game, something like that. Yeah, he had a 40-point triple-double. He had a 35-point triple-double. He's getting multiple steals. He's putting up timely shots, getting to the line, hitting his free throws. He did everything for them. Where, where does this propel Jimmy Butler in terms of, you know, the best players in the league? It's, he's got to be in the top 10 now. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely put him in the top 10 because... Mm-hmm. Uh, Whenever I look at like best players in the league, there's two like criteria. There's how they do in the regular season, but there's also how they do in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And we've seen a lot of players do really well in the regular season or really well in the regular season only to drop off in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler is a big time playoff player. He definitely deserves to be in the top 10 no matter what you say. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, interesting too to note that Jimmy was more or less infrequently on the box score in previous playoff games. Um, preceding the Lakers game, um, Milwaukee, it was sometimes the Heat doing well and Jim Butler kind of lagging behind, or Jim Butler doing well and the Heat lagging behind. Um, but what you saw in this final series was complete cohesion of, you know, both Jimmy Butler and the entire team kind of lifting each other up. So that was the first time I saw that, which I thought was really impressive. I thought Jim Butler may have swankered down and, you know, been invisible sometimes, but he definitely showed up. Well, they kept themselves in games that they had no business, you know, being in in the first place. Like I said, they won without two of the biggest stars. Mm-hmm. And then even the games that they lost, they kept it close except for probably the, the, last the clincher. Yeah, yeah, the last game. Uh, but besides that, like... Duncan Robinson showed up again. You know, we were talking. Uh, he went invisible. In the, yeah, we were talking early in that playoffs that you know this guy was not taking shots. He looked very, um, yeah, you know, scared to shoot that ball. And then all of a sudden, I think he hit five threes the next game and just went absolutely bonkers. Uh, what an incredible run by this team. I mean, all those guys should be proud of themselves. Spolstra, 
uh, as the coach, I uh, should be super proud of what he was able to achieve with, you know. Oh, he achieved a lot of yeah, dollars. With the roster that he had. I but, think he was, uh, was it 100K every game he won? It was, I think, 200K. 200, 200K, I think he ended up making almost a mil. Uh, more than that. Yeah, um, I think it was, if he had won the championship, it would have been... Two mil? Three mil? Close to two mil, something like that. Yeah. But anyways... Uh, regardless, uh, you know what is what's the expectation for Miami next year um, after having such an incredible run? Probably contending again for a championship. They would be the team to maybe shut down Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. They've already destroyed, they obliterated the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, so I don't know. Uh, Milwaukee is a completely different story anyway. Um, I think Brooklyn is the only team that could really cause them some trouble. Perhaps. 76ers, but I don't know what really Doc Rivers really adds to that team that they didn't have with uh, um, their previous coach, so Brett Brown. Um, so Raptors, I mean, Raptors are a competitive team against any team, really. Um, we usually play to our opponents' ferocity, whether it's on offense or on defense. Um, but uh, I think if I'm saying the Nets have to make finals for it to be worth, you know, be a worthy season, um, it's probably going to be... Miami and Brooklyn in that final spot. Oh, man, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Uh, as much as I thought Miami brought it this playoffs, I still, like, looking at the makeup of the roster, I feel like this year was a bit of a Cinderella story for them. I don't know if they're going to be able to do the same thing next year. Like, I still put them as underdogs if they face uh, Milwaukee, if they face Boston and, and those teams. Um, and again, we also have to see what Miami does in terms of bringing back Dragic. Um, they, I think they also have another free agent coming up. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously you got to give them credit for what they did this year. Um, but will I have the same expectations that they'll be able to do it next year? I'm not sure, man. Especially like you said, you got Brooklyn. Um, you know, Milwaukee's obviously going to be dangerous. And I, rumor on the block is they're going to give up uh, so He's on the trading block. So if they can get him for a really good piece... You might be looking at a revamped uh, Milwaukee Bucks next year. So it could be either one of maybe Chris Paul or it could be Westbrook. I think you'll go Chris Paul maybe. Could be. I'm not even sure. I'd probably go Chris Paul as well just because uh, Westbrook's a very inside game. He doesn't shoot very well. And I feel like when you got Giannis. You need shooters need around him. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just stupid when you think about Milwaukee's Bucks decision to let Brogdon go yeah. um, and keep Bledsoe which everyone I think thought was a mistake you went with Bledsoe because he had more experience maybe could do some more but he was very like you forgot he was a forgotten player as a Milwaukee he's normally a forgotten player on teams that he's played for because he's not really played for a contending team Brogdon um, was more of a guy you could have groomed a little more because he was still young still a little bit of inexperience what he did on the Pacers was obviously amazing with Oladipo out Um, but yeah I think getting rid of Bledsoe is probably the move to make for the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, they should have never gave him that huge contract, contract anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, Kern, what do you think about the East next year? Um, you know, how do you, you know, where do you have Miami and, and where do you see the rest of the teams falling? Yeah, I got to agree with uh, Miami still being an underdog uh, next year, especially with all the other teams. Like, you still have the Boston Celtics, which is pretty much going to come back with the same personnel. You have Brooklyn Nets, who are going to be there with Kevin Durant as well as uh, Kyrie Irving. So I would I would put like Miami pretty much the same place where I put them this year as well. Even despite making it to the finals, um, I would still say that they have an equal shot next year of making the finals as they did predicted this year. 
So in terms of like who I got going to the conference finals, I would probably say Brooklyn Nets and probably, I hate to say this, but um, I could see Boston Celtics up there as well in the conference finals for um, the East. And then who comes out on top is going to be difficult to say, right? Um, Brooklyn Nets, I still think they need some experience as well. Like you always see these teams whenever they acquire these superstars, it usually takes about a season or two to get up there. So I don't know if they can go over the hump and all of a sudden make it to the finals, but we'll see what happens. I can see definitely Boston Celtics up there. And let's not forget with the Brooklyn Nets, it's not like they got two chess uh, superstars. That would be fine. But they also have two of the biggest basket cases in the NBA. So to get that cohesion from these two particular players is going to be a lot tougher uh, than you know having just re two regular superstars. You're talking about two of the most, uh, I don't want to say controversial, but basically controversial superstars in the NBA. Can you imagine if the Clippers and the Nets make the finals, how not watched that <laughs> NBA finals will be? Yeah, and that's the other thing too. Is the Raptors is, you know, they're always, they can compete, right? I, I wouldn't put them as favorites to make the finals next year um, or even the conference finals next year, depending on how our offseason goes. But that said, they're always going to be able to compete. Um, yeah, we'll make playoffs. Oh, playoffs is... But what we question. do in the playoffs is uh, the big bigger question. So... Uh, that'll be uh, that'll be an interesting one, and then on the other side of the finals, uh, you know the Lakers, they got to be heavy favorites. They're gonna be favorites, yeah. They should be favorites to win. Do you have them ahead of the Clippers next year? <sighs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it's not convincing because I think Rondo opted out of his contract. He's he may well, leave. Both uh, KCP and Rondo said well, they do want to resign. Uh, which makes sense. You want to run it back with the championship yeah. squad. But I think if I'm the Lakers, I don't know if I really want these guys. To be honest, the only reason they signed them is because uh, they needed players. Kawhi screwed them in the free agency yeah. and they weren't able to sign players. So now that they actually get a full offseason to sign players, like yeah. we talked about this before, is you take out LeBron James, you take out Anthony Davis, that Lakers team is actually pretty garbage. So yeah. if I'm the Lakers, I might actually go for an actual legit third star. Could you imagine if they were able to get someone like, let's say, Oladipo? Well, the problem, I think the problem is the amount of space they have on salary cap and the fact that they gave Danny Green $15 million to miss a bunch of shots until the final game. So, I mean, your money is kind of tied up with AD. Obviously, AD has to resign as well. Um, and LeBron, resign, and yeah. He, yeah, and he opted out so he could sign a bigger contract, obviously. So that's less money in the pot to get some guys. KCP, I don't think he made, I think he made five mil. Rondo was like two mil. Yeah, they were both so, fairly cheap. Don't get me wrong. Rondo might might go up in that market, I think. I was saying maybe 15 mil. If Donnie Green can get 15 mil, I'm sure you can get 15 mil. He, he definitely might somewhere. go for the money. If I'm Rondo, though, I might just go for the rings at this point of his career. Um, and again, both of these guys already said that they do want to come back to the Lakers. Right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Uh, but again, I think the Lakers can definitely get better pieces than they had this year. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say Lakers are favored. I would favor the Lakers to win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have to, as much as uh, the talent level of the Clippers is still there, right? It's always been there. But what they do with that, how they cohese after this, how Tyron Lue does with this team as well is going to be uh, definitely factored in. And the Lakers have already proven that they won, right? And they have LeBron James. And so I can only expect the Lakers to get better from this year. So it's going to be hard to say, but I would still peg the Lakers as coming out of the West. Yeah, I think you got to give the, you know, defending champions that championship treatment. Mm -hmm. um, and especially when they're LeBron James and Anthony Davis. 
um, and the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You got to give them that uh, that milestone of being the favorites next season. Um, I think the Clippers are going to come out guns blazing, though. Don't get me wrong. I think, uh, especially having an awful. Not so much Paul George that I think will come with the redemption, but I'm sure Kawhi Leonard was not happy with the way that he was, you know, ended this season. And I'm sure he's going to come back with a vengeance. See, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Kawhi Leonard who ends up playing the full season because, you know, a lot of the critique of him this year was, you know, even coming out from the locker room now is that players are not happy that he was taking practices off and games off. I'm, I'm sure you're going to see a really fired up Kawhi Leonard Um Maybe not. I don't f- seem like I don't. To me, he doesn't take me as a guy that gets fired up. I think he gets a guy who gets distant. Um, while the Raptors embraced who he was and all that came with him, um, as we stated before, people said that quite carried us to a championship. But I think the reality was that it was a mutually beneficial uh, a relationship. Um, we were as good, and you saw that in the Clippers series that they just didn't support him as well as we did, right? So I don't think he's one of the guys to just see, oh, upset. Because people are blaming him for he's missing a lot. But he can easily say, my team didn't show up either. At least on the Raptors, guys showed up. Van Fleet would show up. Lowry would show up. Siakam would show up. Serge Ibaka would show up. But who showed up? PG didn't show up. Playoff P turned on to play mode, playoff mode, and didn't show up. Uh, Where the hell was sixth man of the year, Lou Will? Montrez Harrell. These guys are all talking trash. Patrick Beverly. All talking trash, but not, you know, backing it up at all, right? So I don't think he thrives on the negativity in terms of like I need to show people up because you sort of saw that in the Lakers where he was uh, sorry the Spurs where he was basically beaten down about his character and who he was and why he was taking time off and you're seeing this again on the Clippers so I think he's going to be upset with the team he may try to get guys out I don't know uh, but quite I don't think is that kind of guy well let's not forget you mentioned a bunch of guys who didn't show up Kawhi didn't show up in that second half of that elimination but Ka- game. But you can't you can't beat a team by yourself too, right? No, no. But you can't win a game going what two for ten in that second, yeah, second n- half. Yeah, definitely. But anyways, my point was that he may not get fired in the sense that he's gonna try and get all of his teammates back. Like he was never that type of leader. All I'm saying is he might get fired up in the fact that he's gonna average thirty points next year. In, in, ter- in terms of his individual play, you might see a totally um, well, not totally different, but that dominant uh, Kawhi Leonard that we saw in that Philadelphia series, for example, you know, when he was with the Raptors. Like, we know that uh, Kawhi Leonard has this unbeatable gear, and uh, we didn't really get to see with the Clippers this year. We saw a bit with Dallas um, against the Dallas team in that first round, but otherwise we didn't really see that Kawhi Leonard, and I, I'm thinking, man... If I get ousted in this way in the playoffs, and I think any player for that matter, except for playoff P, would be motivated to kind of just like, man, I can't have that exit again next year. You know, the other thing about the Clippers is that uh, I look at them and uh, I was like, who's actually the leader of that team, right? Like you can say, you can look at Kawhi Leonard, who always says that he leads by example, but who's like the real like vocal leader of that team that brings all the players together, right? Lakers have LeBron James, right? He's undisputed. He's the leader of the team, right? Kyle Lowry is the leader of the Raptors, right? I think you need that like level of leadership in order for a team to go pretty far, right? I think the Clippers were extremely disjointed, right? You have these really talented players coming together. And on talent, I, I mean, talent-wise, I thought they were like way better than the Lakers, right? But in the end, you just don't have that leadership, that cohesion that brings them together and can get them over the hump. So I think that's a big, I think that's a big problem as well and something that they got to look into, right? Um, I even think back to like Houston Rockets, right? Like you think about like Chris Paul, the leadership that he has and how far 
the Rockets were able to go with him, right? So these mm-hmm. are, um, I don't know what the, I, I think the Clippers need to solve that piece as well. Like someone who can pick them, lead them, bring them together. Yeah, I agree. Um, Kawhi Leonard is never going to be that vocal leader. It's not in his personality. Paul George isn't a leader. Um, I mean, Montrez, Patrick Beverly, and Lou Will aren't leaders because they don't lead by anything um, other than their foul mouth and dirty play, especially on Luka Doncic. So, I mean, it is what it is there. I think part of the problem with the Clippers, though, is that not only is the leadership missing, but they have players that need leadership. You get rid of guys like Montrez um, and Lou Will and uh, Patrick Patrick Beverly, like these guys, and you put in like professionals, guys who, you know, like obviously he's a superstar now, but a guy like Jamal Murray, you don't need a leader to tell Jamal Murray to go out there and play his best. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think to compliment Kawhi Leonard, you also need players like that who don't particularly need a vocal leader. They just know they got to go in and play. Yeah. And um, the Raptors were like that. Kyle Lowry's his own leader, and he yeah. was still leader. Um, Siakam was still learning the ropes from both those guys. Van Fleet was his own man, yeah. and you saw his blood. He, she was his blood was ice cold. He was hitting every shot. Um, so, yeah, to that point, yeah, yeah. you're exactly part of, yeah, right. Yeah, part of that problem is that, like you said, part the Clippers have a lot of manchilds on that team, right? Mm-hmm. They need guys that need to be put in place, um, and Kawhi's not the guy to do it. And Kawhi doesn't want to play with guys <laughs> that, yeah, need, that he needs, uh, needs it. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like Kawhi is, is going to say, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be the first option. I'm going to do, you know, the bulk of the responsibility. I need you guys to do what you guys are supposed to do. Yep. Um, and whereas LeBron James, for example, like you were saying, Kearney, he's a, he's a de facto leader. He can turn a guy like KCP and tell him exactly what he needs to do. He can, you know, take all these guys who are like the, the Morris, which Morris is that? Markeith? Mm-hmm. one of the Morris brothers and tell them, you know, this is what I need you to do. Uh, Dwight Howard, you know, JaVale McGee, these are guys that you need a leader for and, and LeBron James is that guy. But, you know, with Kyle Leonard, you got to pair him with guys who just go in there and, and play the game. Mm-hmm. And Kawhi should have never left the Raptors. No, he's definitely missing. All the missing pieces were there. Yeah, yeah, all the pieces were there. We akin to his needs. We never criticized him. We just played with him and we played well with him, so... Yeah, that's that's what it was. I'm I'm sure he misses Toronto a whole lot more after that embarrassing defeat at the hands of the Denver Nuggets. So an interesting question for this playoffs. Obviously, a lot of goals that were not met by a lot of teams and players. Who do you think came out the worst? Was it Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers? Was it uh, Giannis with the Bucks? You know, who really, you know, just did not live up to expectations this year? Well, oh, we just yeah. talked about him. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard did not live up to any expectation. He got the brunt. The Raptors lost to Boston in Game 7, and we really beat ourselves up only for Kawhi Leonard to lose, I think, two nights later and completely changed the narrative of the Raptors losing again to, wow, Kawhi, you left the Raptors for these guys, or wow, Kawhi, you couldn't lead this stacked Clippers team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The narratives uh, continue. So you're definitely right in the fact that, yeah, this should fire him up. I don't know if it will, but he was definitely the brunt of the sword in these playoffs. Yeah, I think I think Kawhi, like you were saying, Kawhi is the one who lost the most in this. The reason why I say that, Giannis did qu- lose quite a bit, right? But if you look at Giannis's playoff careers in the past, he still has to prove himself, right? Like we saw him get completely shut down in the Eastern Conference Finals last year from the Raptors just with a few defensive adjustments, right? So 
Uh, Giannis is at a point where he still has to prove that he's kind of that playoff, uh, that he can will his team through the playoffs all the way to the finals and win it all. Kawhi Leonard has already proven that and then had a drop off, right? So he's he's already been finals MVP. He's already led the Raptors to the title and the Spurs. And now all of a sudden, like he fell off completely, right? Like eliminated in the second round. So I think Kawhi lost a lot in this. Yeah, I think one of the things you got to consider too is Kawhi is well was the defending champion right like he was part of that team uh so obviously the level of expectations a bit higher for Kawhi uh what I will say though is that even though there has been a lot more critique of Kawhi um I honestly think he's getting off a little bit easy in 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 terms of the critiquing because we are talking about you know no show P in this case Patrick Beverly who's talking all that smack um, and, and his entire posse of players on the corner, they're talking about one, two, three, Cancun uh, kind of thing. Um, that said, same thing with Giannis. You haven't really heard too much critique with Giannis, and I think both these guys are getting off very lightly uh, considering what actually transpired in these playoffs. You're talking about uh, Kawhi Leonard, who you know had one of the worst second halves of his career to lose in an elimination game. And he couldn't close it out in three games. I think they had uh, to close it out. And Giannis, on the other hand, back-to-back MVP and couldn't even make it past the second round. So, like, in my mind, I think both these guys are getting off easy. And if I had to, you know, say who made it out worse, I got to say both these guys are equal. Like, both these guys should be getting critiqued. How how long are we going to have to wait? And I understand that Giannis is 25 years old. But when you're a back-to-back MVP and LeBron was saying how he didn't get, you know, in terms of the voting, he didn't get nearly enough votes, we're seeing exactly why he's, he's upset. Giannis hasn't shown anything, and I think it's about time that he has. Yeah, you know, this whole MVP voting thing, um, uh, definitely like Giannis should have shown more by now, right? But he's also 25 years old too, right? I have to give him some benefit of the doubt because you see a lot of superstar players in the past. They didn't really start shining until I think I could be wrong about this. uh, Correct me. But like 27, 28 is when you start getting into those years where you got to win, right? And But how many more back-to-back MVPs? Well, he's not going to get a third one. (laughs) Like, that's for damn sure. You know, the the MVP award is... Because uh, Steve Nash had the same problem. He had two great regular seasons, and they got shut down in the finals. But they were close. That Lakers, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the refs, they they probably would have won that series. They were close. Giannis wasn't even close. Yeah, so I think he's definitely not winning a third one. I think could very well be LeBron James uh, winning next year. Just because of what happened this year, especially with you know all the narratives in the playoffs, I think the MVP award is always just given to uh, different players for the sake of giving it to different players, right? To spread it out. Like, in my opinion, LeBron James should be MVP every year because he is someone who, if you take him off the team, the team gets absolutely decimated, right? And when he's on the team, not only do they make it to the playoffs, but they can make it all the way to the finals. That's an MVP, mm-hmm. right? Um, that impact, but they can't give LeBron the MVP award every single year, but. Hell no, LeBron ain't going to be MVP the next year. You guys are all crazy. No, I'm just joking. Um, (laughs) Uh, Good thing for LeBron, though. Unanimous finals MVP. Yeah, there was a lot of debate after even game two if whether it was going to be AD or LeBron. So, like, the Heat were counted out long ago, and I guess they were just happy to be there. Um, But, uh, yeah, easily. uh, LeBron James. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So um, LeBron had 
quite a few things happened after this playoffs. Obviously, he was the finals MVP. Four, four, four finals MVP to join the Mount Rushmore of Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Michael Jordan as the only four players to receive four unanimous, or anyway, four finals MVP votes. The only player to do it on three different teams, if Isn't I'm it? correct. Him, Danny Green. And no, I mean finals MVP. Oh, finals MVP. Yeah, teams. Danny uh, Green did not do that. Yeah. Um, undefeated against Eastern Conference teams in the playoffs since 2010. Like, LeBron James is just... 59-0 and 0 after leading three quarters. <laughs> just like, inc- insane. Like, when, yeah. when we think about, like, Bill this Russell season. type of stats yeah. in terms of things that people will never beat Bill Russell in, we got to think about LeBron James and the stats he's managed to create. How underrated were the Lakers that they not only were first in the West... But the Clippers, who were ended up second in the West, but I think after the bubble may have dropped a lot, um, was still favored to win. And that's how good the Lakers were without anyone ever really atoning for them. And in the odd losses they did get, they got a lot of criticism because it's LeBron James. He wants his damn respect. So you guys better give it to him. So, yeah, it's an uh, incredible season, uh, incredible playoffs. 57-0 um, when leading at the end of three quarters. And just a huge job by the NBA and, and uh, you know, Adam Silver and, and the rest of the NBA PA for getting this and putting it all together. We're already seeing other sports kind of having issues. Uh, NFL is having crazy issues with COVID cases. Um, even baseball uh, had a few cases, I know, but they've managed to continue their season as well. But just the NBA has really been top notch. Not a single case, um, you know, and, and players had to sacrifice. They had to sacrifice, and, and, and they put on a really good product, in my opinion. Yeah. So here's a question I had as well, is that uh, we, we know the bubbles impacted the playoffs, right? I wonder if there was going to be any different outcome if this was, like, in front of fans, right? Like, how would teams do, right? Would playoff P actually come out as playoff P, right? Nope. Would uh, Milwaukee go further than they are with home support? Would the Raptors go further than they were with the home support, right? Yes. The answer is Yes, I think we would have been Boston. The answer is no, 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 yes. I think we would have been Boston if we had the home <laughs> crowd. Um, just because I have that much faith in Jurassic Park and, 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 and our you know Scotiabank Arena when it's jam-packed. Our fans have always been really good. Um, you guys saw the DeRozan interview, right? You guys all Ooh, saw That it. was sad, man. It was sad, but he the one thing that uh, he, he kept preaching was just how good the the fandom in toronto was and he, the way he talks about toronto is, 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 is as if he's still part of the team i think he had really great memories of toronto and it's it's going to be so toronto is an awesome place to live we're a top 10 city in the world we don't face a lot of the issues that major cities like america uh, major cities in america maybe face mm-hmm. or at least that are projected by the media that they're facing um, we're a lot more level-headed when it comes to obviously superstars, and we saw that with Kawhi Le- Le- Leonard. Basically, treated him like a king. There was Kawhi and dine. There was Kawhi like business deals like that weren't even sanctioned by contract. It was just you're Kawhi Leonard, you get it for free. Like people were willing to give up million-dollar condos to this guy. Like that's how open we were with obviously having a superstar like Kawhi. Toronto is a very open place. Obviously, if you have money, things are a lot better. But I think more so in Toronto than anywhere else i i mean if lebron james is still fighting for respect in los angeles after his resume and he said it the best was that it doesn't matter what you come into la with it's about what you do in la i mean we don't have our walls up that high we're happy to have a superstar obviously like Kawhi leonard or we're happy to have guys like kyle lowry we show a lot of love to demar Derozan, 
you know, it, that's who we are. Um, we're a very loving city. We embrace everything. And that's what makes us, you know, such a interesting and, and, and diverse population of people. There are definitely douchebags out there, but there's going to be douchebags in any situation. Um, that's just what it is. Um, but I think 80%, 90% of people are good. It's that small percentage of people that sour the pot, but it is what it is. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that uh, playing for Toronto gives the game a little bit more meaning and obviously every nba player in the league wants to win that championship but when you're playing for a city like toronto like we saw how excited these guys were last year in the playoff run after they won the eastern conference finals they they uh, took the trophy and went out of the arena even though fans were already gone by then because uh, they just wanted to you know show the fans what mm -hmm. this was all about and that was just for the Eastern Conference Finals Championship. You know, obviously they won the championship in Golden State, so they couldn't do the same thing. But you saw Drake out there in Jurassic Park um, on his uh, little pedestal there. And you saw how many fans there were. You saw all the fans sitting on, you know, you saw the parade. Oh, my goodness. The parade was absolutely insane. And I think when you got a fan base like that, no matter what city, it doesn't have to be Toronto. Like, I know Chicago, uh, was it Chicago Cubs? that had the largest parade of all time with like 3 million. Like when you got that type of fandom, it's obviously going to motivate you in the playoffs and it's going to be a huge thing. And that and that's why the high seeds get rewarded with home court advantage because it is an advantage. And I, I think, Kern, going back to your point, if we had stadiums, if we had all of that, we would have saw some different outcomes. I think Toronto for sure uh, would have gotten well not for sure nobody could say for sure but I think we would have got past Boston I don't think the Clippers lose um, you know down, uh, up 3-1 um, I don't think Denver would be able to pull off a 3-1 um, upset twice in a row uh, with with a home crowd but um, it is what it is we li <laughs> we're living in a pandemic yeah I have to agree with you guys uh, Toronto is definitely one of the most underrated cities a lot of players who come through Toronto say that as well. Um, and uh, I think like the way we approach it, like we're pretty humble, right? If you look, for example, the Eastern Conference Finals when we faced Cleveland, uh, um, Cleveland Cavaliers and with LeBron, we were chanting, let's go Raptors when we were about to lose game six, right? Like that's the kind of support that we show our team. I can't imagine a place like the Lakers. Of course, like they've had a lot of championship under their belts, but like I can't imagine them ch uh, chanting their, for their team when they're about to lose in the conference finals, right? So I think like, um, I remember Nav Patia said it best, right? No one's going to, for Kawhi Leonard, no one's going to love you like we loved you, right? In Toronto, like you mentioned, the Kawhi and Dine, the free condos. Kawhi was on top of the world here. We would have given him the whole world if he'd stayed in Toronto. And uh, I think, like, um, players who play here really respect that. But it's, I think players outside are also, like, appreciating Toronto's fan base as well. We make a huge impact, right? We talk about a Lowry statue just for the way he plays, just for his work ethic, right? Just for his heart and soul, right? I can't imagine another place talking about a Lowry statue just for that, right? They always have higher expectations, championship or bust. So Toronto is the place to be. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not uh, disparage Lowry. He wasn't just a hustle player. He did everything. He had the longevity of DeRozan, and he won a championship with us. Yeah, gotta give him a trophy for that one. But I absolutely understand what you're saying, Kern. Um, yeah, we embrace our players. You know, it was a really great example of that is when the Blue Jays had their run in what 2015, I think it was. Mm -hmm. How nuts was this city? Even though I'm I sure... think the bat flip was a few days ago. Yeah, the anniversary of the bat flip. <laughs> yeah, like, the, like all of that stuff. Like we really embraced our players. Like that. Uh, 
like I I knew a lot about that Blue Jays roster, even though I I don't like baseball. I think it's a boring sport. Um, but I was really into that team, uh, as as was most Torontonians, uh, going into that playoff. Run. Oh yeah, we yeah we we jumped the bandwagon as soon as a team does something. Um, I mean MLS TFC is always there. Uh, Blue Jays obviously because of the back to back championships in '92 and '93, which are just you know surmountable and awesome for a Canadian franchise to win. Um, Raptors are just an easy target. Everyone loves the Raptors, and Maple Leafs just have history. And you know, doesn't matter what if we would have made the playoffs, would have been the same hype in the entire city. Uh, you know, so uh, that's who we are. Yeah, baseball fever is huge. I didn't even know like we could like peak at that kind of a baseball fever until 2015 happened. This is 22 yeah. years after we won the World Series, yeah. right? And player, I mean, people who were like not even into baseball got into it, right? Yeah. All our games were sold out. 50 yeah. to 55,000 is our capacity at uh, at Rogers Center, and we sold out all the games. It was an epic time. I mean, we're both wearing Blue Jays hats. I just realized that. Like that's you know that's how big it can get like at any second. And you notice the difference now, though. With the pandemic, there's no crowds and nobody watches the Blue Jays. Yeah. I have no idea who's on the roster besides uh, Vladdy, you know. Um, Vladdy Jr. and our best player is um, Bish Bichette or something like that. Oh, Bobochet. Bobochet from Star Wars. Uh, so, uh, NBA player though that I do want to just kind of mention and get your thoughts on what his future is going to look like, DeMar DeRozan. Believe he has a player option for this year. He can either opt in or opt out. What do you think the plans is for DeRozan? Opt in. You're not going to make that money again. 30 mil? That's true. But, you know, uh, I look at DeRozan now and I'm like, it seems like he's not getting a satisfaction from his salary at all, right? Like, he talks about, like, his uh, wins and losses. He talks about, like, his time in Toronto, how he couldn't win the championship. I think he's defining his career based on his success now. And I think... If he I, wants to go with that, he needs to go to a championship team and opt out and go for like a, a lot less money. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, one of the weird things and telling things to me is that every time DeRozan has an interview, he talks as if he's still a Raptor. <laughs> like he talks about, you know. Yeah. I would um, love to bring him back. Don't get me wrong. Uh, no, but my point is, is it, I don't feel he's really niched in with the Spurs. Like yeah. I don't think the Spurs. I'll, don't get me wrong, he's had a great season with the Spurs. He had probably one of the best playoffs he's had, uh, or not playoffs, but you know seasons he has yeah. uh, with the Spurs. But he just doesn't feel like a Spur to me. And I think, to Kern's point, is he is starting to think about his career, his legacy, and all of that stuff. And I think he realized But he doesn't how have much... any legacy. What legacy does he have? Well, I mean, he built the Raptors organization. What? Like, he was part of that build. Like Without him, there is no championship, let's be real. Yeah, I don't like giving um, kudos to players like that. It seems weird to me. But it was opportunistic. Let's be honest, too, he was right? part of that culture build. That culture that won them the championship. He was, he was part, part of, of the of most successful cultures in Toronto. Yes, I agree with that. And he was leading the way with Lowry. Yeah, but so was Valanciunas then. So was Andrea Bargnani yeah, then. They were not <laughs> leading the way, though. They weren't leading the way. Um, you know, DeRozan became a, what, a three time? all-star with the raptors that's not legacy though that's uh far wind well it's a legacy in the terms of who's your second best raptor of all time kyle lowry second best raptor of all time uh Kawhi leonard i already told you this i already told you this i'm sorry that chip is just that distinguishable second best raptor of all time oh man (laughs) (laughs) i would say i would actually say Vince Carter. Vince oh, that's Carter. a good pick too. We got a three-way tie, and two of these guys are wrong. So, 
No, okay. So I have to agree with Mark, right? Like they, they always say, they tell DeRozan that too. Oh, yeah, you were a part of the culture bill. You're the reason why we like won a championship in the end. How many players can you say that to all the championship teams, right? Who have been traded away for another piece who then like, then you can give credit to all the players who got traded away for LeBron or who they, just cause, just cause, uh, I mean, for AD. Uh, just uh, just because they're like, oh, well, you guys were a part of that successful trade that in the end won the Lakers the championship. You can say these things all you want. It's right? not about being part of the trade, though. It's being... You're just nice. It's the fact... No, 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 no. You're just being it, nice it's as the a Torontonian. It's the fact that when Bosch right, left, I get it. I get it. we didn't make playoffs. And all of a sudden, we made playoffs. All of a sudden, we were first in the Atlantic Division. A lot of this success, and we've been spoiled because we won a championship now. But let's be honest, we've been spoiled our whole life because... The Raptors have made the playoffs how long? I don't feel like Ten we've been spoiled. I've been through a lot of the shitty season. Oh, yeah? Have you been to New York? No. Well, we're not talking about New have York. Have you been Stephen, a Sacramento you, fan? Wait, hold on. Hold on. Are you Stephen A. Smith in, have, under have that mask? Have you been a Sacramento fan? I love Sacramento. You, know, you know what Sacramento? You know what Sacramento declined? It's when that <laughs> fucking referee called Have you been a Phoenix fan? In fourth have you been quarter a against fan? the Lakers, okay? I haven't been a Phoenix fan since the Barbosa slept with Steve Nash's wife, okay? <laughs> My point is... You're choosing all the sleazebag teams. has been a perennial playoff team. <laughs> Toronto has been a really good playoff team. And we've only lost to really, like, LeBron James has just been kicking our butts. And, and just to let you know, LeBron James is the first player in NBA history. Oh, shit, my bad. I completely messed that up. But LeBron James is undefeated against Eastern, Eastern Conference team in the playoffs since 2010. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, my point still stands. So, uh, I don't, okay, uh, I got to agree with the fact that DeRozan was a part of the winning culture. Because before DeRozan, we didn't even have a winning culture, right? We just had Bargnani and, like, a bunch of, uh, yeah, anyways. Uh, but we've been through a lot of shit, though. Toronto, like, before that, it was a big deal when we made it to the playoffs. And I give DeRozan credit for that. They started the initial winning culture. But when, when it comes to the championship itself, I just can't give DeRozan credit for that. Because you can't just say that he was the one who's kind of catalyzed this. In the end, it was a team that was there at the present time. Even Valanchunas doesn't get credit for the championship because he wasn't there for the playoffs. He was there for half the season, but he wasn't there for the playoffs in the end. Right? Hence why he's not getting a ring. But we're talking about a guy who repped the city for so long. Let's remember, Kawhi went to the Clippers and didn't win. Kawhi went to an established Toronto team and won. And who established that team? It was Lowry, Lowry. it was DeRozan, By himself. it was Masai, it was all of these guys. And Masai decided that DeRozan <laughs> needed to go. He made a call. It could have just as easily have been Kyle Lowry that was on the San Antonio Spurs. We, we got some of the dirtiest fans in Toronto at this table right now. Dirtiest? Disrespecting DeRozan I, like this. I love DeRozan, right? I love everything about DeRozan. I love all the impact he's had on Toronto. I really wish he was there for winning the championship. I hope he wins championships in the future, but I just can't give him credit for that team that won the championship because he was not on that team. You can say all these things about how he built the culture, etc., but I feel like if you make that argument, you can make an argument for a lot of other players who have built some sort of winning culture in the team, but wasn't on the team in the end when they won the championship. But we're not just talking about a guy who was part of that culture. We're talking about Mr. Raptor before they won a championship. We're talking about the Raptor. Before the championship, if you asked who's a better Raptor, Lowry or DeRozan, everyone would say DeRozan. You're living in the past, man. <laughs>
We all know now that DeRozan was a fraud and Kyle Lowry was, <laughs> was the chosen one. He was the chosen one. Anyways, I'm just saying that... I hear what you're saying. Respect okay. to DeMar. Respect to DeMar as well. Anyways, going back to... Uh, so you guys think he's going to opt... You think he's going to opt in? I think so, for the money. Um, I think I'm going to say he opts out, by the way. Yeah, I'm going to say he's going to opt out. I think he's going to try to go for a championship team. I don't know what's going to happen, though. What team do you go for besides the Lakers? The Lakers, actually. <laughs> the only team I had in mind. So do you guys so, have DeRozan third best, greatest of all time, Raptor? I would have to put Vince, then. Ahead of DeRozan? No. Yes. Yes. That's insane. Depends on how you define it, right? Like, longevity aside, I would put Kawhi up there. But I'm if talking about... I, Vince I Carter got him. us. Vince Carter got us to the playoffs. I don't even got Chris Bosh that high on my list, but he's a top five guy. Vince Carter got us to the playoffs. We got destroyed. Demar Rosen sort of got us back on track, but he's kind of a forgotten guy because his legacy isn't as great as Vince Carter's legacy and putting Toronto on the map. It's hard to say that. It sucks to say that, but it is what it is, and you know it. Okay, actually, wait. I I think I can argue that as well. So I would say actually I would put DeRozan third up there. Now that I think about it, I'm forgetting about his like his play the playoff runs that we've gone through before. Like if you think about like Cleveland, we faced them in the conference finals, right? We forget about these. We had some amazing like playoffs against like Indiana Pacers, Miami Heat. In which case we came on top. I remember DeRozan actually being pretty clutch in those like game sevens, right? So. I would have to say we're kind of underestimating like the impact that he's had just because we didn't win championships those years or we got beat down by LeBron in some way that we did not want to get beat down. But I think uh, we're minimizing the impact that he's actually had. And I forget now, now that I think about well, it, was... Vince Car- yeah, yeah. yeah, like Carter, like he took us to the conference, uh, the semi uh, semifinals against Philadelphia, but DeRozan has actually had more impact overall in Toronto's playoff experiences in the past than I think Vince Carter has. Well, DeRozan made a conference finals. Let's not forget. We got destroyed by LeBron, but we still made the conference finals. We were also number one in the East at a point. He's done that. And I think one of the most telling things is he made the Raptors so good that they brought an all-star game to Toronto. Well, when did you ever think they would have an all-star game in Toronto? For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. It's a mad respect. And remember, he was worth it to trade for a devalued... Kawhi Leonard. So he was worth it enough for the Spurs to take him uh, for a devalued Kawhi Leonard, including a draft pick. That was his worth in the end. So I, I have to argue that as well. I don't think DeRozan is the one who brought the All-Star game to Toronto. The All-Star game came to Toronto because of the overall winning culture in Toronto, the whole top-down office, and the fact that the NBA, actually probably the most important fact, is that the NBA just wanted to have an All-Star game outside of the U.S. and was trying to promote it. They went through a phase where they were trying to promote it as internationally as possible, and that's why the game was in Toronto. And else. <laughs> and also the, the fact NBA that... The NBA hates Toronto. That's no hidden secret, okay? I don't... I disagree with Americans that. Americans hate Toronto. Americans hate Toronto. Hate I don't think the NBA hates Toronto. The NBA doesn't play games on TNT or Toronto games on TNT because we don't add value to their system. Like the NBA has no part of it. I think Toronto. when Kawhi was there, they, they put him on though. I don't Not think so. Year. I think it's all about ratings though at the end of the day, right? Like the reason why these games were broadcasted in the US during the Vince Carter years and not during the Kawhi Leonard is just Vince Carter was just a really fun player to watch, right? It's all about ratings. It's all about ratings and it's all about money. And that's what the NBA is doing. That's why the All-Star game was in Toronto. They're trying to promote it nationally, internationally. They're trying to get all the Canadian fans 
um, not just Toronto, but like all of Canada involved, and they're trying to boost I, their ratings. I think they did play a few Kawhi. They played a few Kawhi Toronto Raptor games but, on TV, but they're not playing anymore. I but yeah, I see. We that. didn't get a Christmas game till last year, so don't be telling me the money is in Toronto because it's it's not. It's not for the NBA. Well, we you know why we got the Christmas game last year because Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, but I'm talking about the All Star game. I'll start getting, well I don't know I just feel like we we just like we're just a country we're just a city that has a lot of money so like it doesn't hurt an NBA organization to come here you're gonna make money anyway wow. any more than you'd make in Los Angeles probably you make way more in Los Angeles but you can't have the all-star game every year in Los Angeles no I'm just explaining the fact that uh it's not conducive for the NBA to play Toronto games Canadian games in particular unless there's an American superstar like Kawhi Leonard I don't know. I still think they were just trying to promote their international mission, and that's why the game was in Toronto at that time. At the same time, um, I, I think players, uh, they enjoy actually coming to Toronto, right? Like, I think the NBA Most players... Most players like Toronto. Yeah, they initially, if they haven't played in Toronto, they're not like, oh, I want to go play in Toronto, but they don't mind visiting here. I've read some stuff about, like, how Toronto does a lot of public relations stuff. They get, like, these players involved in, like, all these parties that go down in Toronto and stuff. So I think Toronto overall is a really fun city to come and visit. For these players so all-star game had certain appeals but i don't think DeRozan was like the reason why there was an all-star I game in toronto yeah, well, you mentioned the winning culture and that's part of the reason they brought it here DeRozan was a part of that man let's not let's not kid ourselves he was leading the way for that raptors team he was he was he okay so so don't get me wrong i think DeRozan was a part of the winning culture i think without DeRozan, you don't have that winning culture that's true but i think the NBA and the players, I think there was a lot of other incentives that drove the All-Star game being in Toronto. And I think an All-Star game was ultimately inevitable. It was supposed to come to Toronto. We're in the late 2000, it was 2016 now. Toronto's already been there. The Raptors have been there for the last like 21 years. The NBA was in this phase where they were really trying to promote it internationally now that they are pretty well established in the US and it only made sense for them to come to Canada. Just got our first Christmas game last year. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, we'll move on. Um, we should have had a Christmas game like when Kawhi Leonard was there, though. We did. No, it's disrespect. I, I agree. We have this. Like, Toronto was disrespected overall, right? We should have had a Christmas game okay. when Kawhi Leonard we, was on the team. We did. No, we did. That was our no. only Christmas game. No, no. It was the year after. No, 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 no. Year after is this year. Yeah, this was the year we had the Christmas game. Was it? Oh, oh it was against yeah. Brooklyn, right? Yeah, against yeah. Brooklyn. No, against Boston. Boston, sorry. Yeah, we yeah. played two games against right, Boston. One was right, Christmas, right. and that was just because, because they were, we were giving champs. because we were champs. Right, but yeah. the championship year, that was the year we should have had it, and that shows that Toronto is actually disrespected. Because in the end, we won the championship. Case in point. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, so uh, DeRozan is going to be an interesting free agent uh, this coming year. Got a few others, uh, although Anthony Anthony Davis said he's gonna resign, so let's let's not count him. Um, but a couple of rumors that Oladipo wants out of uh, Indi Indiana, uh, that'll be a big one if if, if that actually comes why? to fruition. Why did they say why? If I'm Oladipo, and I, this is completely baseless, but I'm thinking, man, he's done all he's can in Indiana. Well, he hasn't done anything. He's, he's been to one playoffs. Remember, he got traded from OKC, from OKC for yeah. playoff P, and then he got injured all of this year. He's only been there two years, I think. Possibly. Yeah, he hasn't proven that he's like that all star player for a long enough period of time. He's proven he was an all star player, but he got injured, and now it's been like more than a year since he, we've seen him, right? Yeah, well, he's played in the bubble. Oh yeah, he's played in the bubble, but Even he just wasn't he the same. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we don't we don't know what his potential is going to be in the future. We don't know how no. this well, injury has, a, has affected him. He has a Jimmy Butler type ceiling, I think. 
I don't know if he can get on the same level as him, but uh, I think he has the potential to get yeah. there. Yeah. The, the fact that I saw him like drag Indiana to seven games versus LeBron is a testament to what Oladipo can bring to your team. Yeah. So don't forget, I think Playoff P also did the same thing. Game seven against LeBron. That is that is uh, that is true. Yeah. So here's here's a question though. I mean, Oladipo to Toronto. I take it hands down. I think uh, Mark and I talked about this before. If we were to do that, I would say forget Giannis uh, in 2021, or you, you trade and you make room for him. But I think you go all in this year. Then, if you're able to get Oladipo in, say, a signing trade with Fred uh, Fred VanVleet, uh, I think we talked about this. You need to get a good center. Um, so whether we trade for Kevin Love. Or um, yeah, that's really the Any only option center, I could see. Really. Yeah. Ah, if that's the case, it's Kevin Love, or you just bring back uh, uh, Serge and put him in the starting lineup. Yeah, I wouldn't mind getting Ola uh, Oladipo, but you may have to get rid of. I don't know. I don't know how you do that. Um, I wouldn't mind Oladipo. Um, definitely, if Giannis doesn't want to come to Toronto, we give Milwaukee Oladipo. But I don't think Giannis is coming to Toronto. I think Giannis is going to go to Dallas. I think he'd be smart to play with Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. That would be that would be the place I'd go if I was Giannis. I think that that team is very promising. Luka showed up these playoffs uh, when Kristaps was playing against the Clippers. He did really well. But Kristaps' health is really uh, the question here, whether or not he can sustain it. But Luka Doncic is, I think, the guy that I'd want to be with right now. But going to the West is a bit scary, if I'm honest. Yes and no. Uh, the West makes you so strong. Look at LeBron James. LeBron James was criticized part for many things, uh, one of which was always being in the East, and the East was always easy. What That wasn't a fair assessment. LeBron was that good that he could defeat the East by himself, which he did every year, more or less. Uh, more times, obviously, at a high percentage than, than not. We went to the West. This guy hardened like a fucking rock, came into the Miami Heat game, and even after game one, even before game one, everyone chose the Lakers to win. Like, I don't know really what that says. Like, LeBron killed it. First in the West, had AD, yeah, was already in the West. Giannis ain't no LeBron. Not yet, but if you have guys like, you know, Luka Doncic and Christoph Porzingis to play with, like, that's probably really fun. If, and you guys could probably do really well. If I'm Giannis, I'm thinking Miami, actually. I'm thinking uh, it's no secret Miami wants to keep their cap room for 2021. They've already said it. Um, this is part of the reason why I think they might not re-sign uh, Dragic unless it's on a big one-year deal. Um, and the other thing, too, is I believe in 2021, Duncan Robinson becomes a free agent, which is going to be a bit uh, of an issue yeah, with their cap space. But if I'm Giannis, I'm thinking, man, first of all, we know Jimmy Butler – can be the, the 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 veteran leader on that team. So Giannis, all he needs to do is play well and be the number one option. Yeah, I don't think uh, Toronto should definitely mortgage uh, their present for the future because uh, it's it's kind of tough to see like Giannis actually signing with Toronto in the end. The first thing is that Giannis has to leave Milwaukee. And then the second thing is that there's so many options out there. So what gives you any guarantee that he's going to come to Toronto? I don't think this whole Messiah relationship is enough. Um, so... I think we should try to make some trades now. I think, honestly, Masai Ujiri is going to do what's best for the team. I always have total faith in him. Um, whatever ideas he we come up with, he's always ahead of us. So it's. Uh, I think he will... I think we should do whatever it takes now to win because that's been the mindset all this time and just let the future just let itself play out. 
Now, the other question I had for you guys, Masai Ujiri, is he resigning with Toronto or what's the deal? What's going on here? You oh, he's definitely resigning in Toronto. There's no, there's no question about that. I think everything was uh, everything. Uh, young, Masai, I think, had the expectation that he wanted uh, the entire front office to be resigned first before he gets resigned. So um, I think they did exactly that. They brought back all his personnel. I think the last step is more of a formality is just to get Masai Ujiri resigned. I agree with you that if Masai decides that he still wants to be front office, it's going to be Toronto. But I feel like Masai might be destined for greater things, whether that's in the political realm or that's in, you know, something, you know, NBA in Africa, any of that stuff. Like, I could see him leaving for another position. Like, what happens if he wants to be a politician or something like that? Oh, yeah. So I have to agree with you, actually, on that. I think he is actually destined for greater things, too. Um, I don't see him... Just like you said, I don't see him leaving one front office for another front office. I think he's gone pretty high up in Toronto now, and his heart is in Toronto too when it comes to the NBA world. Um, it's either he becomes a politician or uh, he could join the NBA front office. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think that uh, I think he's destined for great things, but I think at the end of the day, when it comes to his uh, when it comes to the NBA, I can see him resigning at least in Toronto. Yeah, um, I'm a little worried about this court case that seems to be dragging on and this piece of POS cop is just making crap up along the way and, and just being completely American. No whoa, disrespect whoa, whoa, to our whoa, smart whoa, American whoa, whoa, fans. Um, I just think it's complete he, crap. This, this this cop is definitely living the stereotype, that's for sure though. And he's he's just a he's he's been accused of insurance fraud. Uh he's Not basically just accused charged charge with insurance fraud yet still trusted in the public eye or at least by his department not only that he's saying that he 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 fit he he, he what did he what did he get he he had physical harm from messiah jerry pushing him yet he was the aggressor listen son if you're gonna be the aggressor you piece of shit you better know that your defense is coming and and toronto defense is a lot stronger than you think it is buddy that actually might be part of the reason why i feel my messiah might continue because uh like you mentioned mark in the past is that his moment was ruined. His championship moment was ruined, and I could see him coming back for redemption. Win one more championship just so you get that moment back. That said, uh, mental health is you know a big question here. Whether or not this is this lawsuit has taken it away. Remember, his greatest accomplishment was taken away at the hands of that cop. And I I've said this many times on this podcast. Um, it depends how he takes it. It depends if he still wants to be in the limelight. I mean, Toronto would be the best place for him. Obviously, I don't think he'd want to go to America because of the experience. But at the same time, if you have millions of dollars. Maybe you have other businesses on the side. Maybe you just sort of want to fade away. You did what you had to do. You won a championship. Maybe it's time to just ride off into the sunset as well. And I, I hope you guys are right, but I'm starting to sense that without him being resigned, they, they definitely resigned Nick Nurse, um, but he's still on the fence for some weird reason. So he must be discussing it. He must be thinking about it. Um, or possibly he didn't want to take away from the headlines, other headlines in the NBA. It does worry me a little bit that maybe this court case is maybe what's preventing him from maybe trying to move forward with the organization. Perhaps he wants to just do different things where he's not so involved with maybe external parties. Yeah, so um, that that makes sense. But I also think from a financial standpoint, he can make a ton of money, especially with his next contract in Toronto, right? If he joins the pol uh, politics world... No guarantee that that will happen. And uh, not saying that he's already not having an impact, right, on uh, the political world, right? Like, his Giants of Africa is pretty successful. 
um, he's gone with Trudeau to like Africa to promote the uh, to promote their missions as well. So I think he can do a lot of those things that he wanted to do uh, while still being president of operations in the Raptors. So I can see him. I, I don't know why he hasn't resigned yet, but I can ultimately see him resigning with Toronto. And it, it's true. He may want to do other things down the road. That's uh, but. I don't think he's satisfied yet with one championship, especially when he talks about like how his moment got taken away by this one incident. I think he's hungry for more championships before he'll actually call it quits and be like, I want to do other things in life. Yeah, I got to agree with that. Um, I think he's got a rough off season uh, to get that uh, goal accomplished. Uh, obviously, Fred Van Vliet, uh, Serge Ibaka on, on the block, or not on the block, but free agents. As well as Marcus Gasol, we don't know really what's going on with him, although he was kind of trash for us anyways. Um, so just to, uh, we talked about the free agency for Toronto uh, in the past, but just to, you know, since Kern is here, Kern, what are your thoughts on the free agency for Toronto this coming season? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I, I actually that's, I actually have uh, very little clue what's going to happen. One is I think they should re-sign Ibaka out of the two, right? Gasol, I know that uh, the impact he makes on defense as well as just the whole passing game and just the flow of the offense. But at the end of the day, um, Gasol has declined so tremendously. Like even we're even talking about like not just last year, but then he had another drop off from last year to this year. Abaka, meanwhile, has been doing quite well. He's had one of the best years. Um, my only regret was I wish he played a little bit more. He's brought us back in games where we were like down as well. And he just I feel like he just didn't play enough. I think bringing back Ibaka would be a priority. I think bringing back Van Vliet is going to be something that we're going to definitely prioritize. One is that Ujiri has a thing for players which he found on his own, whether or not uh, players that he found and players that we've cultivated. And Fred Van Vliet is like the ultimate success story. And I think just for that reason, they're going to try to bring him back. So I think those two things are going to happen. I don't know what else is going to happen, though, right? Like, we're definitely going to try to bring in another piece, right? And there's all these rumors out there about uh, Harold and all these guys. But uh, definitely, I don't know what they're going to do. But I think uh, I think Toronto will try to make some moves. Um, at the end of the day, they're going to try to keep their cap space for the future for Giannis as well. So Yeah, I could probably see that with Giannis as well. But uh, anyway, let's, let's try to focus back. NBA Finals, Los Angeles Lakers tied for uh, with Boston for the most championships in league history uh, at 17. Uh, LeBron James winning the Finals MVP. What does this do uh, for his legacy? He's always being compared to Michael Jordan. Um, Second. All time. Second of all time. Kern? So I think his legacy is uh, definitely getting up there, right? I still think he has a ways to go, but he's at his fourth championship now. He's catching up now. We all talk about LeBron. We talk about the impact he's had on his teams. We talk about what a stellar player, generational player he is right now. His legacy is getting... He, he's already carved himself out on Mount Rushmore, right? It's just now the question is how many more championships he will win? And once his career is over... What will his peers say about him, right? Mm. Where does he stand in all of this? What was his impact on the game, right? So um, I, think, I don't think he's reached Jordan level yet, but he's definitely getting close. Mm. I think when it comes to pairs, I think he is on that Jordan level. You talk about a lot of the new players that come into the league these days. They all say, you know, they watch LeBron James play growing up. Um, and by all accounts, all the players that ever talk about LeBron James in the league have always said he's on that like greatest of all time level. Um, so I think to the players, because obviously they're in the NBA, they know what it's all about. They know how good LeBron James is. Whereas for us, you know, casual fans, 
we're always talking about, you know, what has he accomplished? He hasn't done six of six in the finals like Michael Jordan. But I think the NBA players see it as, you know, as a player. How easy is it to actually get to the finals every year? You know, how easy is it to actually win a championship? And they really appreciate the fact that he has all those finals appearances. Yeah, I think in terms of his legacy, um, I think he'll always be the second best. Um, he statistically put up monster numbers in both the regular season and the playoffs. Obviously, he's had four finals MVP on three teams, which has never been done before. Um, four vi- finals MVP has been done by only three other guys, making him definitely a Mount Rushmore kind of guy. Um, I think in terms of what legacy he leaves, as as the youth nowadays will be seeing more LeBron James than they did Michael Jordan play. It will shift toward LeBron James in the future where young players say, yeah, I watch LeBron play um, and, and I try to emulate who he is because he, as an active player, has the most NBA championships at four right now. Um, so he is the leader of the GOAT conversation within our generation anyway. Um, so that'll that'll shift. Obviously, with the older generations, Michael Jordan will always be number one. I know with my father's generation, it's Michael Jordan, not LeBron James. With us being the in-between kids, uh, because we were 88 born and Jordan winning, you know, 92, 93, 94, and then 95, 6, uh, sorry, 96, 97, and 98. Eight, uh, we were definitely of consciousness, but if we were just kids as well, um, for us, our generation as well, it'll always be that sort of argument, and we've we've had that a lot amongst our friends. Uh, LeBron is better than Jordan, or Jordan is better than LeBron. We're kind of the break, we're the tie break, whereas the newer generation has you know more so follow LeBron. And Le- you'll always see LeBron's name. I think one of the things with Jordan is when you're talking about like accomplishments within a decade. Like within, what was it, Ten years. eight years? Yeah. You know, like he's had probably the greatest eight year run ever. But when we talk about LeBron James, we're talking about what is he on his 16th, 17th season? We're talking about a guy who's been at the pinnacle longevity, of the sport yeah. for 16 years. Like it's incredible what yeah. he's managed to accomplish. So I think that's what's going to be the difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Again, when you think about Michael Jordan, you just think about that 90s basketball and how he dominated. And I don't think you'll ever see a player do better than that in terms of, you know, a decade. But we got to remember the 80s as well, where he lost. He lost to Larry Bird. Uh, he lost to... Magic. Uh, you know, Mag- did he lose to Magic? Probably. Yeah. I wouldn't put that past him. Uh, yeah. But uh, he also lost to Detroit, right? And the Bad Boy Pistons, yeah. right? So twice. Uh, we forget all about the 80s when it comes to Michael Jordan. But that, you know, that's part of his career as well. So. And, I, and I think LeBron will be remembered for the f- four finals MVP and the four championships. Just the same way that Le- Michael Jordan's forgotten about his three first round exits that no one talks about. And I think LeBron will eventually get that status. It's just because we're currently living in, we're currently hating on him. And it just is what it is when you're always comparing the goat you know when you're comparing goat two goats it's got to be whatever one is lacking that the other doesn't have so that's what it's going to be but in the future it'll definitely be about his four finals mvp his four championships on his three different teams along with his statistical monuments that you know that are in every category regular season and postseason um he averages the highest number um in in finals so i mean those are things that are going to be remembered usually Throughout time, you forget about the lesser known things, such as, you know, the losses and whatnot. Yeah. So I agree. You know, one thing I don't understand is um, when you have these conversations, Michael Jordan is always considered number one. 
But you see a lot of these guys, like these experts, they put they put like LeBron as like number five, number six. They put a lot of players ahead of LeBron, right? And I, I always don't understand that. What made everyone agree that Jordan was truly number one? And why is LeBron falling somewhere between number six and number seven? When I think about it, um, LeBron's game is completely different, right, from Jordan. You always have to put that in perspective, right? Um, he gets compared a lot, but Jordan was this killer instinct scorer who like just destroys you and uh, causes complete fear in you. LeBron was this facilitator who made his team get so much better and elevates the whole team to like new unprecedented heights. And uh, I think both players just need to be regarded in their own way for their own way of winning championships and their own way of playing the game. And I really hope that like LeBron gets remembered for that because you don't want just like another Jordan with a killer instinct, right? You want someone who wins it their own way. So I think LeBron should get appreciation for that. I think one of the underappreciated things from LeBron as well to, uh, is the fact that when you think of LeBron, you always think about his physical gifts, that he was born to play basketball. But let's not forget his mindset, man. Like, he is one of the greatest minds for basketball in terms of like, like I, I've always said that he could be a coach event like a hall of fame coach one day if he chooses to be he just has such a good mind for basketball in terms of remembering strategies um that photogenic memory that he has for basketball um so people forget that and and it and is often overshadowed because of how you know six eight 250 pounds obviously he's a monster um, but he's also just really skilled and really good mindset for basketball yeah i have to agree with that i think a lot of these players, like what also separates them from being uh, from good to great is uh, their intelligence level as well, right? Like you hear about Kobe Bryant, how he scored so high on his SATs. You hear about all these guys, like they they apply that intelligence with their like athleticism and their natural skill. And uh, they can definitely like, um, like LeBron just has this like knack for basketball. You heard about the story about how um, he corrected someone on the Raptors in terms of the play that they made. I believe it was, I remember at that time, I think it was Patrick Patterson was in the wrong place and he told him where he needs to be for the play, right? Like LeBron James just has this brilliance and this vision, the way he looks at the game. And we tend to not appreciate that, but it's it's what's impacting all these games. It's impacting all these playoff series. It's what gets him to the finals and beyond. To infinity and beyond. Anyways, guys, so that's enough LeBron James, enough NBA Finals, and uh, I guess that's the NBA for the year. Um, I guess I'll just ask you straight up, final thoughts on the NBA season for this year. <laughs> this year is more the fucking comment than anything else. Yeah, I, I think uh, this year was just insane. Like yeah. the the way the way everything happened, right? All the way from uh, what happened with China to now. Yeah. It's just like insane. I'm I'm actually pretty happy that the season got finished, and it finished though it finished in a good way, right? Like we did exactly what we could do in this kind of circumstances. Um, it'll be interesting to see now what happens next year, if anything. I want to see if they try to do it in stadiums. I want to see if they bring back fans. Are they going to do social distancing? So I think the NBA has done a lot in terms of innovation. And, you know, like we have social justice issues that's been going on, too, now. Right. So the NBA was a huge part of that. And uh, it's just been a spectacular season. I really. Um, yeah, it's it's a question, big question mark in the offseason. But uh, I'm really looking forward to see what they do next season. So the rumor is that the next season could start on Christmas, possibly uh, the new year. It really depends how things break down. But I think it'd be ludicrous especially from a money standpoint for them not to start on Christmas. I think that'd be the perfect opening day. I, I think you need the Christmas games. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Just to bring back whatever we lost this year, which is 
so 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 much i know in our end we had two weddings we had to go to which would have been one one awesome bachelor party and whatever else we would have had planned i know this week we were supposed to be in a cottage but unfortunately due to the second wave we just we just had to postpone it and just take the health experts advice in hand and uh, try to minimize it so uh, and not to mention with the nba is that they want to do 82 games next year so like if you want to do 82 games you have to start by christmas i mean if you're starting in january and you want 82 games you're not going to have a finals until right now <laughs> i really don't think they should do 82 games i think uh, they should take a page out of the book of mlb and shorten it and i think players have been advocating for a shorter season for quite some time if there yeah. was a time to do it now is the time to do that and experiment with that yeah i agree all right, guys. So that is the Russell Ball podcast uh, rounding out the NBA season. And what an NBA season that we had. The Lakers are the champions and the Raptors are no longer the champions, which is sad. But we'll be back on that uh, pedestal uh, once more in the future, I'm sure. Uh, so with that said, signing off, we got uh, Kern Badwell, Mark Belraj, and myself, Joseph Ty. Thanks very much. Have a great weekend. All right, thanks for having me here, guys. It's always been a pleasure. Can't wait for future podcasts. All right, guys, I think it's been about one year since we've been doing the podcast, so I'm really happy about that. It's something we haven't talked about, but uh, awesome that we were able to do it this year, and obviously with the doctor in the house, we did just a fine job.